my brothers and sisters in the Lord, as we gather on this most solemn day to celebrate the solemnity of the Nativity of the Lord, I am reminded of the words of one songwriter who put it this way, love came down at Christmas time. Love came down at Christmas time. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. The God, my brothers and sisters, whose name and nature is love, became incarnate for your salvation and for mine to conquer death. And to that, my dear friends, we do say joy to the world. The Lord is come. This morning, I want to share with you a brief little story. There was a young boy by the name of Billy. And Billy was about 10 or 11 years old. And it was time for the annual school nativity pageant. And Billy really wanted to be St. Joseph. He really wanted to be cast in that role. But during auditions, he didn't receive the role of St. Joseph. Billy received the role, a more minor role, of that of the innkeeper. And Billy was very disheartened. And all through the rehearsals, Billy brooded over the fact that he wasn't St. Joseph and one of his classmates was, and he wanted to get his revenge on his classmate. And so it was finally opening night. And all of the class had assembled for the nativity play, the nativity pageant. And everything began very smoothly. And Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem and they come to the door of the inn. And Joseph knocks on the door. And little Billy, who was the innkeeper, he opened it very slightly, and you could see his little beady eyes sort of poking through with a little frown on his face. And as he knocked on the door, and as he saw his face, St. Joseph practiced his lines, and he said, Sir, is there any room here for my wife who is with child? And at first, Billy, with his little frown on his face, kind of slowly shut the door a little bit more, and then all of a sudden, he flung the door open. And he said to Joseph, come on in. There's plenty of room in the inn. In fact, we're going to give you and Mary the biggest suite in the house. Now, St. Joseph was a little taken aback by that, but he was a very wise and smart little boy, and so he sort of composed himself and he said to the innkeeper, Billy, he said, let me look at this first. And he said to Mary, step back a minute and let me look here in the inn. And so he peeks through the door. He looks both ways around the innkeeper. And then he comes back and he says to Mary, Mary, I would never have you stay in a dump like this. <laughs> We're going to the stable. And so the nativity pageant is back on course. Now, my brothers and sisters, certainly as we read the scripture, the Christmas story did not actually unfold like that. But we do recognize the fact that it was part of God's plan for Jesus to be born in that stable. It was part of God's plan that he'd be born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread. It was part of God's plan that he was not going to be born in a palace. He was going to be born in that lowly stable with the straw and the animals. It wasn't a coincidence, my brothers and sisters. It was a God incident. Because God wanted to remind us that his only begotten son was going to be born in a very difficult situation under very difficult circumstances. 
Because Mary and Joseph, they were not part of the elite of society. They were not part of the upper class. Even if there was room in the Bethlehem Hilton, heck, even if there was room in Motel 6, Mary and Joseph couldn't afford it. They were going to the stable. You see, my brothers and sisters, even in our own lives, when we face difficulties and challenges, God is going to use those things. He's going to use them for his greater honor and glory. And that, my friends, is what we must trust in as we remember how Jesus was born in that stable under very difficult circumstances. And not only was he born in that stable as part of God's plan to remind us that God's going to bring glory out of that difficulty, certainly from the evangelist St. Luke, we learn that the first message, the first announcement of the good news, of the coming of the Messiah, goes to a group of individuals known as the shepherds. The shepherds. Now, certainly, my brothers and sisters, oftentimes when we think of shepherds, we think of the nice little shepherds with the little cute sheep. But you see, my brothers and sisters, in Jesus' time to be a shepherd, that was part of the lower part of society. There was nothing fun about taking care of sheep. There were smelly, dumb animals. And you didn't have to be a brain surgeon to corral a few sheep around. This was the lower class, the lower part of society. But look how God works. God announces the good news of great joy, glory to God in the highest, and peace upon those whom his favor rests. That a child is born who is Christ and Lord is made to that group of individuals, the lowliest of the low. And it reminds us, my brothers and sisters, as we gather on this feast of the nativity, is that when we approach God with great humility, he is going to do great things. But we have to come to him with a humble heart. And it also reminds us that oftentimes the Lord puts individuals in our life to assist us in fulfilling our mission, our vocation. But oftentimes, my friends, it's not the individuals that we would choose. Sometimes it's the individuals that drive us nuts. Sometimes it's the individuals who are like the sandpaper to rub off all our rough edges. And oftentimes, my friends, we're like the innkeeper to those individuals. We shut the door, don't want to be bothered. But you see, my brothers and sisters, oftentimes God uses the individuals who we least expect it to work in our own life to bring about something for his greater honor and glory. And we see that in the movement of the shepherds. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, the ultimate message of the Feast of the Nativity is that love has come down at Christmas time. The word became flesh, love incarnate. And we must remember, my brothers and sisters, that God's love is meant for all people. No one is excluded unless you choose to be excluded. But you see, my brothers and sisters, we must remember the good news of great joy. And the good news is, is that no matter where we have wandered along the path, no matter what we have done, no matter where we have gone, God's love is greater than all of that. God's mercy is greater than anything. And that, my friends, is the good news of great joy. That the love of God, just like the Christmas star, continues to shine forth in our lives. There's a man by the name of John Jacob Niles. 
And Mr. Niles was born in Kentucky. He is deceased now, but he spent most of his life, or a good portion of his life, traveling throughout the Appalachian countryside. And as he traveled through the Appalachian countryside, he would be studying folk song. That's what he was searching for, different folk song. And one December evening, as he was traveling, he went into a small village, a small community in North Carolina, very poor rural community. And as he went there, he heard a little girl singing, a wonderful little Christmas hymn. He had never heard the words before. And after she finished the little hymn, he sat next to her on the bench and he said to her, where did you learn that from? And she said, my mother. And where did your mother learn that from? Well, my, from my grandmother, her mother. And you see, my brothers and sisters, he fell in love with that song so much that he spent the rest of his life trying to find the origin of it, where it came from, but he never could. And towards the end of his life, before he died, in around 1980, he wrote that he believed that little girl was an angel sent by God to deliver that hymn the wonderful Christmas message. Now, my friends, you could hear myself or Deacon Cliff sing it this morning, but don't worry, I've asked Jared to do it. <laughs> I wonder as I wander out under the sky how Jesus Savior did come for to die for poor ordinary people like you and like I. I wonder as I wander out under the sky when was in a cow stall with wise men and farmers and shepherds and all but I from God's heaven a star's light did fall and the promise of ages it then did recall if Jesus had wanted for any we think a star in the sky or a bird on the wing or all of God's angels in Surely could have had it, for he was the king. My dear friends, that hymn which is entitled, I Wonder as I Wander. My brothers and sisters, as we continue to wander because we are a pilgrim people, wherever the path of life may take us, do we have wonder and do we have awe at God's majesty? 
Do we have wonder and we have awe at God's love? Do we have wonder and do we have awe at God's mercy? Do we have wonder and do we have awe at what God can do for us? That the light of Christmas continues to shine in our life each and every day. And if we do, my brothers and sisters, then we can shout out in joy and pageantry and acts of kindness and courage in the middle of the night, in the middle of the world's night, in the middle of our heart's night, in the middle of our hope's night, that against all the evidence that may surround us, God's love, God's light, God's peace, God's joy is being born amongst us. I wonder as I wander, my friends, do we have great wonder and awe on this holy day about the word who has become flesh, love incarnate, to change our lives and to change the world?